Well, Brent is gay, and Caitlin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior's Creator Crush Series. I'm Caitlin Batia, and along with me is Adam Kasari, who has more dad jokes than Bobby Drake has daddy issues. Say hi, Adam. Stay out of my porn search history, Caitlin. Sexy grannies want you to fuck them. All right. So Creator Crush is an interview series where we chat with our favorite comic book creators, learning more about their work, their thoughts in the industry, and what makes them so darn special. Today, we're joined by the funny, talented, and irreverent Jay Jordan, who not only is an accomplished stand-up comedian, but just had his first Marvel work published this month. He's also unbelievably funny on Twitter. I'm sorry, I refuse to call it X, even though I'm a big X-Men nerd. And he was also an unstoppable force on our X Games panel at FlameCon in mid-August. Yep, it's a Homo Superior first. Usually we interview creators and then invite them to join our panels. Uh, Jay, thank you for popping our proverbial cherries. Uh, but before we get into our chat, we got to know, you're a comedian, you're a writer. When are you going to start that OnlyFans account? <laughs> uh Listen, the strike is still going, so maybe we're closer than you think. I mean, I give away so many pictures on the Instagram stories anyway that people would be like, we just saw this one. We need something new, <laughs> something actually exclusive, Jay. And because so many people so many people in New York would be like, we already have this bit. <laughs> We've seen it. Well, we're in D.C., so we really appreciate all of your Instagram. <laughs> well. I've heard that Feet Finder is where it's at. Do you what do you have uh, in the war of OnlyFans versus Feet Finder? Would you pick one? Wow, you're really gonna out me as a conservative because feet <laughs> too far. How dare they? That is not of God. I want to see balls, tank, and cock. I'm not trying to see little piggies. I love uh, it. Before, I want everyone listening though before this, they're like, Jay, are you okay with like gay sex stuff? And I'm the one who said balls, taint, and cock first. <laughs> We're I just wanted to, podcast. It's great. Perfect. I wanted to beat y'all to the punch. Yeah, let's clear Thank that air. Uh, we did we did call you a kneeling glory hole participant in our panel, and you really <laughs> ran with it. So we were like, okay, cool. He's definitely on the level. Um let's we slow it down a little bit. We'll talk some general info. We can get into some more sexy stuff later, but realistically, you know, obviously as an X-Men podcast, MCU podcast, you know, how did you get into X-Men and then want to talk a little bit about your comedy journey as well? Great. So I always say that I got into X-Men because of Pizza Hut. So there were the special edition VHS box sets that were red and black that you would get at Pizza Hut. And so that's where I watched the first four episodes of the animated series. Like, that's where I watched Night of the Sentinels. Like, I had two VHSs. And then, for some reason, my mom realized my brother and I really liked the X-Men. So she did this thing that moms do that ended up kind of helping me now. She got pride of the X-Men. And that's, like, truly, when when, when you talk about X-Men fans, when someone knows about pride of the X-Men and that uh -huh. theme song, and, like, just truly the wildest pilot that never <laughs> really came to fruition. But... Like, it was such a, I really love that pilot. That's uh, a real mom, too. Like, the fact that she was like, yeah, let me go even further back into some yeah, sort of story. And so then we also had, um, we had the A Fire Star is Born VHS as well. Which amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> amazing Spider-Man. Spider yeah, well, Spider-Man has amazing friends because it not only is like Angelica's backstory, but then they go to the mansion and the juggernaut shows up. That's and right. it's 
it's such an X-Men specific story. And so then I was like, oh, I really like the X-Men. So you just watch the cartoon and then you watch the other iteration of the cartoon. But my first like physical comic, it was the issue where Joseph, imagine you picking up a comic book for the first time and having to deal with Joseph, the concept of a Magneto. <laughs> so Joseph, Rogue, Angel, Gambit was outed after Rogue kissed him and showed that he had memories from setting up the mutant massacre by like putting the Marauders team together. Mm. The issue where he saved, kind of, they have that Easter egg where he saved the little girl and the little girl grew up, up to be Marrow, saved that. So that was the first comic book I ever had in my hand because I remember just being so lost. I was like, what is happening? I just Jay, love that, just... yeah, you would get right off of your wave of watching, like, 92, and basically, I can't wait to see all my favorite characters, like, yeah. Marrow Baby, and also <laughs> maybe that person. <laughs> so that's, like, where I was. So then I remember I went to I went to Books A Million, and I saw, this is also a little bit of queer stuff, There is a there was a red uncanny cover with just North Star on the front, like, kind of about to punt. It's a pretty, like, famous cover of North Star. And so it was when Gene set up the Uncanny team with with Frenzy and um, uh, Polly, the kind of homophobic Italian. Oh, right, <laughs> the Genosha team. Yeah, the Genosha team to uh, Eva Destruction to rescue Charles because Magneto had kidnapped him, but then Dazzler also was just Charles in boy drag because she made an illusion. Magneto gets stabbed. Also, Magneto's wearing the black and purple suit That's in right. that part. Th they were really trying some new costumes. Gene had a new costume. Yeah. Wraith was on that team. Hector, a guy who was like sort of like if only Invisible Woman could turn her skin translucent. <laughs> And at one point, he just gives Magneto a headache. Like it's... those two books are the two. The two part is so fucking bad. <laughs> what I'm laughing about is Jay. You've described the experience of every X Men fan the first time they pick up a comic. They're like, "What is this? What the yes. fuck is this?" But I need to know more. And then, so then, I remember I would read the big uh, X Men guides. Like I, the publisher was like a DK publisher. Like everything about the X Men. Like my friend Jonathan had those books, and I loved yeah. reading those. I read the Grant Morrison run. I remember that was a big that was a big deal because Jonathan read it, and he this is very funny for this podcast. He was like, "Beast is gay," and I was like, "No, no, no, no. The gay <laughs> one is on the other. The gay, the other one's gay." The North Star is gay. And he was like, nah, Beast just said he was gay. And I was like, that's not Beast, that's a cat. He's like, oh, Jay, you need to read this. You actually need to read this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Um, well, so that's kind of your X-Men journey. It seems like you've really been continuing to double down because I feel like both a contestant and a player in our X games, you really know your shit. So like, how do you keep up on everything? Are you keeping up on everything in Krakoa and beyond? I am keeping up. My big goal when I came to New York was to find a comic shop that I liked that was close. So when I first moved to New York, I was a personal trainer at David Barton Astor Place. So I would either go to one of the comic shops on St. Mark's or I would go to Forbidden Planet and I would have a rule. I'd be like, well, I'm going to buy two and then I'll read one for free. I was like, I'm not going to be the guy who's like, not buying anything so I really kept up so that was 2015 the way I kept up before then I would buy like 
bound trades, which mm-hmm. was like harder mm-hmm. because I would be sort of behind. And that was like during all of like Messiah Complex and Second Coming. So like it uh, some foundational stuff, like the X-Men going to San Francisco, like going to Manifest Destiny. That was that part. And them living on like the old Asteroid M. So it was like a really interesting time because you'd get chunks of history and then you would have to go back. And luckily now the internet, I'd have to go back online and be like, why is this important? What's Mm -hmm. up with this? Were you a Wikipedia? I feel like when I wasn't doing comics right after college, I was like reading every Wikipedia under the sun of where the character journeys were, what the storylines were, that sort of thing. Wikipedia and uncannyxmen.net character spotlight, those they used to like save me. It was like it was like a fun way to be like, oh, okay, I'm pretty up to date. Oh, I know what's going on. And then the movies, then all the video games, then the second TV show and the third TV show. So there was enough, like there was always something X-Men related around. And I always just loved the fact that the X-Men were a team, but they were like, an underdog team. Every other team was a team, and people were like this team is pretty powerful. We got to call mm-hmm. them in to handle the threats. It was so weird that a team that was so powerful, I could still root for it because I'd be like, "Man, they're treating them like shit." <laughs> <laughs> they always get fucked up. Well, now especially with the uh, fall of X occurring, we're back in our favorite place of all of the X Men getting oh. fucked over completely. Wow, wow, wow! You, uh, you guys know something? I. They purposely did not tell me what was going to happen at all. So they like just told me kind of who was off limits. They told me that the story needed to be set before the Hellfire Mm -hmm. Gala. That was like just the they said it's just this is happening before the Hellfire Gala. It can happen whenever you want. It's just happening before the Hellfire Gala. And I was like, okay, all right. Uh, and that's when I started to get nervous. I was like, for, okay, okay. <laughs> What's going to be happening? Yeah, we did. We talked about that last week when reviewing the issue that it was like, we wish this would have dropped maybe like one week right before the fall of X happened. Because <laughs> everyone was just like, well, yeah, this is nice. But I mean, Jesus Christ, we're kind of in the middle of like a World War Three right now. All right. I was so happy that people were like, Jay, I'm so glad to see them having fun. I was like, when I wrote it, they were. <laughs> Well, this is a great segue to talk about uh, cryotherapy. It's your first Marvel work, but certainly hope, hopefully not your last. Um, we reviewed it on podcast last week, so our listeners know about it. But for the uninitiated, can you give like the high concept of what you were thinking? All right. So I wanted to see a sparring match between Storm and Iceman. They hadn't really interacted since their time on the Marauders like pirate team the first the kind of dug and run of marauders and they both played a huge part in terraforming Araco. and they have like some of the most storied histories with the team and their powers are are linked in such a way every now and then something really makes me go oh my god and so what they did with magneto during uh axe and storm so like kind of a very a very intimate circuit basically in establishing that people's power sets can interact in the way that their mutation and their power is also part of them so that's you interacting with someone and there were like some there was like a very funny sex joke in one of the panels about uh Magneto being like is this aftercare when storm was like literally 
pegging him with lightning. So, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, if I ever get the chance, I know I want it to be Storm because I love the way that Storm is being utilized right now, but I want to do the same thing with Iceman. And so a sparring match, I, I, I love anime. I love sparring matches between two characters who have a history and who aren't trying to kill each other because not everything is a death battle, internet, sorry. <laughs> but kind of iron sharpens iron, like honing your skills. Uh, and also like these two characters, to me, they're really important to me personally. So Storm, is and people get mad when I say it. she is the most important black character in comic book history. She is. I know people go. She is. It's. <laughs> I don't. Whoever you go on the list, I don't care. She is, is her. Um, and she's a woman, so just deal with that. Just deal with that. And Iceman post twenty fifteen, but particularly everything with Iceman now has like led to me being like, oh, I've always loved Iceman. It was so weird that during the cold comfort episode of the animated series, I felt like Jubilee. Because Jubilee in the episode is like, this guy, yes. what's, what's up with this guy? And in my head, I was like, yeah, what is up with this guy? He seems so nice. He's so fun. I don't know why Scott's being a dick. We're going to go have fun with Iceman. And so I've always loved Iceman. Uh, Seth MacFarlane had a... You learned the definition of fuckboy when you grew up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Also, it's very... It's just... It's hilarious because even the animation for that episode, I was like, why is he so hot? So, also, good distinguisher from that then because we talk about that a lot that like every episode they just pair Jubilee up with some adult man that they should not. So you've got long shot. Colossus. So like Iceman really stood out to you beyond the other two creepers. The, the, the funny part about the Colossus episode is that the Colossus episode goes from being a Colossus, goes from being like a Jubilee episode to a Colossus episode to a Juggernaut episode to a them rebuilding the house episode, which is wild. <laughs> that's that's a that's crazy. Uh, and like it's just because uh, once again, I love I love the anime series so much, but I um I really just always loved Iceman. One of my first toys that I remember being in love with was the, was the second Iceman toy. The the first Toy Biz Iceman toy had like the slide you put in the right. fridge. I didn't get that one. I got the second one post Emma taking over his body, where he had like big hands you could put on his hands, yes, like big I ice gauntlets. Yeah, yeah. And I referenced that in the story, and then. He had kind of a more jagged look and he could like raise this kind of like column of ice from his back. And he was like semi see-through, which I just loved that toy. So when I when I was going to do this story, I was like, OK, I want all of these elements. And it just made sense for them to be training on Araka. We really haven't seen a bunch of Danger Room stuff. We saw a little bit of Danger Room training in New Mutants and we saw a little bit of it in Bishop War College. But like mutants are still like training and honing their skills. And because we don't have the central location of the danger room, we don't get to see it right. as much. So I wanted to see them like basically having a sparring match, but also a little bit of therapy for Storm, who's at her. She's at the highest kind of like visibility she's been in a long time, but she's also the most stressed. Every Storm story is like, oh, my God, they are stressing my girl out. <laughs> Every story, every, all angles, everything. So I wanted her to also have a bit of a release and I wanted 
to reference that kind of like Easter egg from, I think it's like right after Age of Apocalypse where Bobby asked Storm to train him, but we never see it. You know, I wanted to see, I also just really wanted Storm to interact with Iceman as kind of sentient moisture. And I got to do that too. So, it was, and I wanted to have a gay icon line. So I got everything I wanted. I truly, they gave me everything I wanted and they gave me an extra page. They they said five and I was like, okay, I do have one request. And so then when I sent a six page script, they were like, okay, we can get to six. Because I, and Lauren, my editor, did a really good job of this. She was like, oh, uh, is there anything you really want to reference? And I was like, oh, yes. So I got to reference Early Thaw, which was in Marvel Voices Pride two yeah, years yes, ago. Man. So I just, I really got everything I wanted. When I say I got everything I wanted, I got everything I wanted. How did you get the, like, to pitch this in the first place? Or did they come to you? Like, how did this come about? They came to me because I talk about X-Men constantly every time <laughs> on, on it. Chelsea Handler. Okay, so I did uh, JF, I did Chelsea Handler's uh, gala at Just for Laughs in Montreal last year. And Chelsea Handler brought me up when by saying, like, he says he's an X-Men nerd, which... Okay. Like she like just truly like made fun of the fact that I was like it's been there. Like I, I will always bring it up. I'll talk about it on podcasts. I'm not supposed to be talking about it on. Like it's they've definitely hurt me. They sent me a Krakoan flower last year to the like for the Hellfire Gala. And yeah, some of the cool. some of the writers like are definitely aware of me. And I've always this is the other thing. I've never, I've always been very celebratory. I'm never a person who's like, that was some bullshit. I'm always like, well, okay, interesting. <laughs> so I think that's the other reason they were like, okay, well, he's not going to publicly shit on us all the time. <laughs> so they reached right. out to, they reached out, uh, they reached out to me and I thought it was awesome. a joke. I thought I was like going to get like, I thought I was going to get some points on, I don't know, like. On, we like, want the, you for marvel.com. Sign up today. Right. I, I thought they were going to give me a new Fortnite skin. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, okay, so one of my favorite lines in the issue is uh, basically Bobby asks Aurora, who's the best kisser? So who do you think Aurora would say, and who do you think really is the best kisser out of Forge, T'Challa, and Logan? Ooh, all right. I Okay, so out of those three, the best kisser, definitely, ooh, definitely Forge is the best kisser. I think T'Challa is a little stiff because if we look at what a prince and a king is treated like, no one ever told T'Challa he was a bad kisser before Storm, probably. Mm, Storm, pro Storm probably was the first person, even when they were younger, when they met when they were younger, was probably the first person to be like, I don't care about all that stuff. What? That. What do you want me to do? Too much tongue, too much tongue, right? Yeah. Like, I, so I think that, like, it's probably forged. There's there's a level of intimacy with Storm and Forge that's going to be hard to beat because he also is responsible for her being her most stripped. And he also then revitalized her. He was with her at her lowest, and he also helped her get her powers back. And that sort of history never completely goes away. Mm -hmm. That's why whenever people are like, oh, I'm so sad that like her and T'Challa got divorced. I was like, divorce is not an indication on whether or not people are good people. But like, you literally strip someone's agency and I mean, tantamount to an assault in a sense, 
You created the thing that took away part of herself and your mission was not only be a good partner to her, but also help her get it back. That is a level of intimacy that I don't ever think I'll reach with someone. He like got her back to the way she used to be. So it's like, it's she still thinks about Forge, in my opinion. He knows how to kiss. What about he, Logan? You don't give two shits about him, I guess. Um, he'd be kissing everybody. Okay. <laughs> He's smelly too. I think Logan, I don't I don't think Logan showers. Yeah, community dick. It's always okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> Wolverine and Storm always do this. They look around and go, Well, ain't nobody else here to kiss. And then they kiss. <laughs> That's what happens whenever those two are hooking up. He yes. goes, oh, She's dead. And uh, Storm goes, well, he's in Wakanda. And they go, you want to? Okay. For a little bit. Okay. Don't make this weird. You don't make this weird. Okay. It's like, because I always notice that like, they're, everyone else is like, kind of like dazzled by Storm and blown away by Storm. But because Wolverine kind of doesn't do that, like, then she's like, okay, I guess he can handle it. It's also, it's also, think about how wild this is. Your best friend, Jean, her best friend. She's kissing Wolverine. <laughs> you know what? It's just, that That's why X Men are uh, queer icons. It's all gay shit. All of it. This is what happens in our community, right? There, there's too much built up like soap opera tension of like fifty to sixty years to not go like, oh, everybody's fucking. Like at some point, yes. everyone's gonna be. There's gonna be either like sexy intensity, anger intensity, or like emotional oh. intensity of just commitment that you're just like let's just fucking make out I guess right it's just I have to put Wolverine number three I think that like I think there there are probably other answers too in universe that work if you want to be really fun who uh I think there are people in Japan the storm also might like kissing so you know okay that's great <laughs> you mentioned that okay you didn't get to put this in there what woman do you think Aurora would say if you get there <laughs> Yuki, where, where, why are we doing this? <laughs> Who else okay, you, well, Jean, you know, maybe she's coming back. <laughs> Rogue? No, she can't kiss Rogue. She'll lose all no, her No, Yuki, 100%, in my opinion. Yeah, Yuki is hot. In Claremont's opinion, bad. too. You can get me, well, now, because they're much older now, so I think it's less weird, but, like, you could have Kate up in there a little bit, because I feel like that, they... That's, uh, oh. It's always so weird. She was a child. She can't, I she think that she... So, like, there's this, what, I think that, like, any sort of, like, infatuation that Kate had with Storm through a sapphic lens is almost a bit of, like, oh, that, that's such a beautiful woman and such a powerful woman and such a domineering woman. I like her in a way that I've never liked another person before, but I also look up to her. Right. So there's a little bit of that. Like, you know, you guys know the feeling when you saw your first adult, like, gay man in real yeah. life and you interacted with him. And the relationship wasn't ever, it wasn't even like a crush. It was just you being able to say, oh, I'm articulating something about myself through I this person that. who yeah. is, but also who's hot? Who's hot? Like, I can objectively, yeah. everyone's saying she's hot. She's hot. And I usually don't think this about women because that's not how they're supposed to go. like i think that was the interaction between kate because like if kate's got kate has like one two three kate has three people she needs to kiss before she gets a storm <laughs> so i mean you basically were described is that what iceman was to you when you were watching your uh 
Pizza Hut. <laughs> like, I don't know who this cartoon character is. I don't want to be in a long-term relationship with them, but I do respect their game. I think there were definitely a few, there were definitely a few moments where I was like, um, oh, I really, I was a big Gambit and Archangel fan because to me, I was like, they're like, kind of bad but they also wear pink what <laughs> that's insane and so i also loved playing with gambit in any of the video games and then iceman was also great in uh he was great in what was that in legends one and two gambit oh, was also yeah. gambit was in uh mutant academy one and two and next dimension but iceman wasn't yes i was a bit over his capcom they yes were, I, that's what i was thinking where you were going i was like oh but then i was like oh wait those characters are in everything never mind yeah iceman and marvel first once again storm and marvel versus capcom typhoon it was oh my god I, she's, it's, oh she's, my god. she's so good on that game yeah she's so fast her tornadoes work so effectively her lightning works so it's she's the best i love her i love her on that game uh, I literally just played it two nights ago at my friend's birthday party. So we, we went to Barcade. No, Sunday. So last night. Um, but I like that was the kiss question at the end was sort of it was sort of like something I wanted to play with because I wanted to also see Storm around a bunch of other canonically and explicitly queer characters in a setting where like, of course, all the baby gays want to hang out with Storm at brunch. And there's like that fun panel where like uh, Storm and Gene are singing like Tony Braxton that happened recently. Yeah, and like, we've seen yeah. so many parties at the Green Lagoon. And it's been a celebratory nature to the Krakoan age at the end of the first issues, at the end of the Hellfire Gala, the first one, not this one. But like, there's <laughs> been like a lot of parties and that made me happy as an X-Men fan. So I also wanted to have one of those on my final page. I like it. It's a yeah, good it's a yeah, joy think... before the darkness, I think. Which is <laughs> a little it's a little it's a little ominous too, knowing what we know about, but it's it's nice to see these characters happy for a little bit. Yeah. Well, so you know, thinking Jay, like where does where does Jay go from here? So if you had the chance to write a miniseries or an ongoing X book, which character or team uh would you pick? Oh, I have so many little favorites. Uh, people who are again, like once again, if she wasn't on Uncanny, I love Monet M. Penance. I love her so much because when she was first resurrected, like her to Storm, she said, "Don't touch me," and that <laughs> that is the level of fun you can have with comic books. This woman was just brought back from the dead, and she's like, I, 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 mm, "No, no, no." What we don't do that. I got it. Cool. I'm back. Um, I love her. I love I love a Noel. I think mm -hmm. I would love to see he got a little bit of shine in New Mutants. I wanna I would love to see him really, really get to shine. There's some okay, so this is actually it's so funny because with the Krakoan age. Now you kind of do have to be like, okay, so where are certain people? Because you see, you could with some X Men comics, you used to just be able to be like, okay, they're back from where? I don't know, but they're back. <laughs> now people are literally like all over the place. Pull out that map, learn some geography. <laughs> I love a lot of the Academy X kids. Uh, ooh, I mean, 
I think she's gonna get a bunch of shine. I'm so happy for Dust and uh, yes. Suhara and yes. Realm X. I'm really, really excited. I feel like, I mean, once again, all the Academy X kids, because that's when I also started reading comics again. So if Hellion comes back and has some fun, I'm not upset with that at <laughs> all. I mean, if it wouldn't have been Iceman, Storm and Wind Dancer, I always, because this is my, this is my thought. When they got to the school, and they used to do this more, when they got to the school, who were they assigned as basically one of their teachers? And I say with like any person who was like an elemental, um, I, I'd be like, oh, well, they definitely got this person. So with Wind Dancer, she 100% got Storm. Storm, in my head, 100% trained Sophia in her power use. What Like, to, like, do you understand how hard it is to be like, this is a tornado that's strong enough to pick me up, but not strong enough to knock a bunch of shit over, and I'm just going <laughs> to fly. That's Storm's power. That's the other thing I kind of, like, loved about this, is that you really kind of get to be like, okay, so, like, what do I want to highlight about people's power set? That's what I want to, that's what, what I would want to do with a null. Like, to me, a null is one of the versions of Miles Morales and Nightcrawler and Peter Parker from an agility standpoint, mm. from a stealth standpoint. And then he has like this amazing regeneration quality that like makes him stronger, but also makes him more visibly different. So there's like that catch 22. There's also the fact that like he was a little gay boy with this. And now wrong side is different, but for a <laughs> while he had this like big silly straight friend and they had an interaction to me that was so pure and so much more interesting okay. than some of the other relationships i've mm -hmm. seen depicted uh with like queer characters in comic book that i really loved that i really loved that that made me so happy no it's very authentic i like we I love a, we love anole as well but we call him anal on podcasts <laughs> Would you, would you, because we also go back, like they, they, I feel like artists will either treat him like he's 11 or like he's 18. So would you be writing him as a of age adult? I would, I would truly have a line in there where he would say, I'm a fucking bartender. Like, you, I, I mean, <laughs> I would make sure everyone knows that he is at least 20. Like, I would well because like I don't know what the I don't know the legal drinking age is on Krakoa. We don't it might be 18. True, right, right. That's true. Yeah. These kids have been through a lot. Let them have a drink. Absolutely. <laughs> your your, right. your classmate's bus got blown up. You can have a tequila. <laughs> Dark shit, Jay. Jesus. Um, all right, we're gonna play what if for a second. The writer strike is over. The writers have won. The good guys have won. Woo. They're writing again. Not only that. Kevin Feige taps you, Jay Jordan, to introduce the X-Men into the MCU. How do you do it? Oh, my God. Well, we know that I think you have to have the elements of this latest soft retcon. I think maybe, maybe you don't fully go Westchester. You know, I think you have to have some new location because... The school is so easy to make a target that like then you kind of like run into that. I think I think you go maybe you don't go full Krakoa, but maybe you go like elements of Krakoa on the school. Maybe you pull what Wolverine and the X-Men pulled. You have Krakoa on the grounds of the school. 
like built in. Oh yeah, kind of like uh, Jason Aaron's run with uh, Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, like, yeah. with like the the lawn, the, like the yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you can have like different parts of it. Maybe it can even move a little bit. But if you if you build that part of the Krakoan kind of experiment into the school, then people kind of get the Scholastic part. I don't know if we're gonna get a full fuck island. But I, I mean, which I love. I, I love it. I want more of it. But I think that's that's the first thing is like where the X Men going to be located. I think the introduction with telepathy is always easy. With telepathy, it's always truly any of the panels from House of X one work where it's just like at the end at the end of something completely unrelated. There's a there's a tel- there's a telepathic broadcast. That basically <laughs> reminds everyone that these people exist. And maybe the person that does it isn't Charles. Maybe that's a fun reveal that someone takes off the helmet and it's Emma. It's, oh, it's, oh my God. Or you t- or, well, because, right, you know what I mean? You can, because that's another way to really shift people's viewpoint. Because people will be like, oh, I know exactly who it is. Yeah. Wait, no, I don't. Yeah. I dig that. Like it's, I would hope that they would do some level of what is it, Spider Man, the most recent Spider Man, where it's like, you know, this shit. Like if you got to introduce oh, the yes. screen one yeah. more time, like how many he times? exists, and we can just do it I now. Mean, yeah, you know. I mean because the the thing about Wolverine now is that he can be off on a bike somewhere doing his solo shit and come back two thirds into the movie. Yeah. Because that was such a part of his personality that when you do make him the protagonist, then you have to go there with him all the time instead of him being able to go off and do his Wolverine shit like he always does. But then if he shows up at a pivotal battle scene, then you go, oh, where have you been? Don't worry about it. And I mean, that's how you tie into (laughs) any other movie. What he's doing. So, yeah. (laughs) And I think that like so many people forget that the X-Men can and always have been so multifaceted that you don't have to be like, this is the only team. You'd be yeah. like, no, 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 no. Like they introduced Kelsey. Okay. Fan casting at its finest at one point, they introduced Kelsey Grammer as an old classmate because he was like, oh, this jacket still fits like beast. They, and like no one, that was everyone's, no one, when it comes to X3, no one complained about that. They complained about gonna, yeah, they had a bigger problem. But you know what I'm saying? Brett yeah. Radner, I, I can say this as a person who's in the industry. Fuck Brett Radner. Jesus Christ. Yeah, He's right. An idiot. <laughs> uh yeah. Rehearsal is for mutants. Did you hear about the time he said rehearsals for faggots? What? Yeah. His no. he's, he's just so dumb. But I mean, like, you can introduce elements that people are aware of and they have tons of easter eggs and like sometimes people get mad about that but i think that you don't have to like really build it from zero at all at all if there's any team that you can be like y'all know this this is the x-men if there's one character that has to be part of the new one what is that i mean i feel like i already might know but who is it have to be who does it if of the new run? Who's it have to be? Yeah, like who's got to be on this in this movie that you are making? Like Kevin's allowing you to make after the writer's strike is over. You, I'm gonna say someone that's gonna be controversial because I think you take one other person off the board and you use them as a placeholder, power set wise. I think if you're smart, you put Polaris in. Ooh, 
I think you put Polaris in, have her be on the X-Men, have someone make a comment about her dad, have her look at them like, we're not going to talk about this right now. Like, you know, what? it's kind of like what they attempted to do with First Class Havoc. And I think you can really get away with it with Polaris. And even have her like be the breakout powerhouse. Have her have a moment in Act 3 where she shows she's like, I don't you know. My philosophy is always, if they're two magnetic poles and they're of equal strength, so then like Polaris should be just as strong as her dad. And the reason they're there is to balance each other out. So... I mean, she's she was the main character in the Gifted series, which that's I right. The, I like the first season, second season, and, season and people like that depiction of her so much that when she came onto the X Men series, she wasn't doing what holding coffee and being kind of just a fun <laughs> girl. Polaris, I love her because depending on the depending on the writer, she is either ready to murder her teammates or like oh, I'm here. What do I want? very malleable for sure um i mean you know everyone's gonna say storm should be on the team and she should be on the team but the the fear with storm from a casting standpoint i (laughs) wow you are really you are really gonna have to get it right you're gonna have to get it correct (laughs) yeah because here's the thing x 20th century fox got femka jensen Perfect. They actually yeah. did a very good job with Anna Paquin. They did some very good. James Marsden. They did a good job, arguably a bit tall, and led to like them kind of stretching him in the comics, especially the Ultimate. Did a good job with Wolverine. Did a good enough job with Wolverine. I love Holly Berry. I love Holly Berry. Mm-hmm. It is wild that Angela Bassett <laughs> didn't get it. Is what to me? Yeah. No. No. He's fine. Especially when Storm can be the veteran on the team and like age truly wouldn't be an issue. It just wouldn't be an issue at all. And Angela Bassett looks amazing all the time. So age 100% will be. She hasn't aged in 30 years. She looks like she doesn't see as Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it now. You understand how this is the wild part about that. Because I know Ramonda had Ramonda had white hair in the comic book. You know, we didn't see her hair as much. But come on now. She got an Oscar. (laughs) For doing Storm drag in Black Panther too. Yeah, yep, that's absolutely. Which got Oscar nom. And she, well, and I think you're right in the sense that because Storm's a, I think every gay man that watched the cartoon show fell in love with Storm, unless you were an asshole. And so I think like she <laughs> has to be that older teacher type. I think because I, I feel like where Apocalypse failed as a movie was that like you didn't want the street urchin. Sure, you wanted some buildings to collapse on her and get her to get nervous and faint all the time, but we needed we needed something that's like older, mature, and just says, I control the weather. Yeah, you yeah. want someone okay. So what you want is you want what we wanted was days of future past storm before she got stabbed, where she's like such a badass and she's like, I'm gonna handle this. There yeah. are so many parts. It's crazy how no one directed that movie. Uh, uh, Days of Future Past had so many elements that every X-Men fan loved um, because it was a big Sentinel battle. It was uh-huh. like it, it was like intimate use of power sets. It kind of was establishing what we now routinely call circuits when we see it happen on the page and panels. It did a really good job. So it can be done because the X-Men are a team. It, no one is trying to solo anyone. The 
Every episode of the animated series, the best part was when the theme music played when there was a team battle. Even in the Cold Comfort episode, there's a team battle. And Beast, because he's a genius, also goes, wait a second. We're kind of fighting people that can beat us. Everyone switch. Just just switch. (laughs) Hey, everyone, switch. I don't want to fight this wolf lady anymore. Switch with me, someone. Oh, my God. I do, yeah. I I love your. You really are obsessed with that episode. I love it. <laughs> it it's a foundational text for me because okay. it's so weird that they introduce X Factor, the government sanctioned X Factor that way, and then go. There's a point where like Storm, or no, that's where uh, Cyclops and Havoc are blasting each other, and it's to no effect. And the only response is that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> No research, What's, no additional follow-up. Why why don't it work on why don't it work on you? I don't know why doesn't it work on you. Hey, switch it up, switch it up, switch I it up. I don't I don't know. Where are you from? Hawaii? Where are you from? Alaska? Okay, can't no. All right, cool. Uh well, so let's kick off our lightning round then with that exact question. Cyclops or Havoc? Which one would you choose and why? Oh, definitely Havoc. I need a simp. I need someone who's going to do what I say. I don't need some strong, domineering man. I need a puppy. Jay, I can see you in Madeline Pryor, Goblin Queen drag doing that with yes. your ass. On a leash? Yes. On a leash, yes. With a, with a mailbox that's going to eat his hand. One of my, one of my uh, Instagram mutuals, like, one time he put up a picture of one of these new, very slutty gay outfits that we're all wearing to parties and whatnot, and someone put a picture of the Goblin Prince under it, and it was very close. <laughs> it was just very close. <laughs> oh, God, it made that's me so happy. My, uh, that's my gay awakening. Like, that's oh. how old I am. I, I, I read that as a kid, and I was like, yep, I'm gay. I like this. Well, like, slutty. Slutty. <laughs> so Great. Oh, my God. Uh, what about your favorite era of uh, X? Favorite and least favorite. You can do both at the same time. Ooh, favorite and least favorite. Um, ooh, okay. Least favorite recent fart cloud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, so Inhumans versus X Men was very just. I did. I didn't love parts of it, and it's in recent memory. So I'll put that in on as my least favorite. My favorite. Ooh. I, I like I love it when they have those big moments where it's like we got to get everyone back together. So when Messiah Complex happened and everyone was like, we all have to get back together to do this. I was like, oh, this is okay. Everyone's involved, and the same thing kind of happened with Second Coming. So I love it when a big when teams come back when everyone's like, and that was a big fun part about Krakoa. It's like okay, everyone, everyone. I mean, everybody. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. What about uh, favorite X Men artist? Oh, ooh, okay. So uh, I have a bunch of artists that I like. So the Dodsons draw some, they just draw women so awesome. Terry Dodson's run when they're in San Francisco. With There's so many covers with like Emma and Scott that like the Dodsons do that are just so fun and like energetic and sexy um to be old school of course jim lee of course of course uh, um uh wilton santos who was my artist for cryotherapy is very good i love his work um i mean super kind of another person who who else not 
not Silvestri. I don't want to say. So, okay, so here's the thing: separating artists from like some of their homophobic, transphobic bullshit. Burn <laughs> has some good stuff, even though, like, you know, yes, that's the hard part sometimes. Uh, I'm not gonna say Liefeld. Uh, I don't like. I got muscles. <laughs> <laughs> and you're emotional, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I also have feet, so it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> we talking about it. Foot Finder. There we go. I know. That's that's the one place that Rob Liefeld is not allowed. He's banned from that. <laughs> um, who else? There are a bunch of people whose work I love. Um, the Jim Lee. Whenever, okay. So when you uh, millennials just know so many of those images, though. Yeah. I yeah, well, right. I was gonna say you don't you uh you don't have to do an Oscar speech. I don't think anyone will be really upset if you missed them. But <laughs> yeah, Ramita, John Ramita, yeah, every everyone's so good. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thank God, and I met my I thank my parents. Um, <laughs> so in terms of some more like yeah, muscle on muscle action, are you a bishop or a cable stand? Ooh, okay, bishop, and here's why. Do you understand how fucking crazy you have to be? To be like, you know, if I'm going to save the future, you know what I have to do? Everyone's like, what, Bishop? Shoot that fucking baby. No, <laughs> no. Can't we raise the baby different? No, nah, the baby's got to fucking go. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm going to kill that fucking baby. For how long? As long as it takes. <laughs> and then, and then, then no one forgot. You know how sometimes people be like, oh, mind control. Oh, you know, I didn't know. The, uh, recently, people I hope was like, you tried to kill me and my dad. I don't like him. You just redeemed that cable series from like after Messiah Complex for me. I didn't love it, but that description, fantastic. Who think about this? It okay, because that's also so if we're tying things together, so the same thing during Rick Remeter's Uncanny X Force run. Warren was like, we got to kill Apocalypse. And they were like, cool, X-Force, kill squad, we can kill him. And then they showed up and they were like, it's a baby. And Warren was like, I can't do it. And Betsy was like, we can't do it. Wolverine was like, okay. And then Phantom X was one who was like, I'll kill a fucking baby. Bam. And he killed a baby. Uh, spoiler alert. He cloned it and raised it correctly. But like, wild. So I think like, that's why I like Bishop because that's a that's a crazy thing to do and still show up at that place a couple years later and be like, we should hang out. What's up, y'all? <laughs> well, you gotta bring it. You brought everything. Everybody got brought back together. I still do <laughs> like the amount of like cognitive dissonance this group has to have is is worse than most families. Um, right? He time traveled to try to kill that baby. <laughs> that he tried. Tell someone this. What is the story? This man from the future is traveling through time trying to kill this baby. I mean, like you would, like, I guess it really is the Hitler example. Cause like, if you were back in that time and you're like, no, 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 they came back in time to kill yes. this child. Yes. Everyone would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's why I'm loving Dennis Camp's uh, Children of the Vault. I don't know if you read the first. Yes. Video. It's really good. Um, I like, loved it. Yeah. He's got their voices down and they're like, I don't like you and I don't like you, but these fucking children came from the vault and they're doing some shit while Orcus fucked us up. It's 
It's and great. like, and that book is also kind of like another guerrilla tactics book. Now, I don't love uh, mutants beat on the ropes all the time, but when it's people like Bishop and Cable who have such extensive training in the battlefield, I worry a bit less and I can just enjoy it. Because those are like two mutant Rambos slash like hit, like they can do whatever needs to be done. The, I I trust both of them. They're both, yeah. not, not like Bishop War College where we're like, what the fuck are these people running around <laughs> these like tunnels trying to survive? I get worried for the kids. I yeah. I really do because they will kill them. That's the other thing. <laughs> and the, for the for the X Men to be like, oh, we don't want you to kill this baby. I'm like, y'all be killing babies <laughs> all the time. Uh, I can't they, believe you wanted to kill Hope. What? <laughs> Didn't you just... These kids just came back. The, the continued uh, question that divides uh, a fandom, Emma or Jean? Ooh. Okay. This is... I'm a... I'm an Emma girl. I like Jean. Love Jean. Can't get enough of Jean. Love Jean. Love Jean. That being said... The breeding line from <laughs> Grant Morrison's run is used on gay Twitter so much it would be disingenuous of me to not choose Emma Frost. Emma is- Frost, gay brother, lies about where she's from, used to be a brunette, trained Bobby. Of course I'm team Emma. <laughs> That's yeah. Jay. I'm, I'm holding up my phone, which you can't see, but um, it's literally my Slack image. It's <laughs> top class breeding, darling. Like, what makes you such a bitch? It is that is the panel. Like, I loved Emma. Like, I love you know. Like, she was a good villain. I loved her in Generation X. Morrison and Quietly's run comes in that panel right there. I'm like, I'm a stand for life. Right. Even I mean, there's a panel of her. <laughs> fucking break killing Charles because Cassandra Nova is in Charles's body and without hesitation she takes Cerebro she doesn't kill she doesn't get him out of the helmet she just twists the helmet around <laughs> and snaps his neck that was breeding baby She's yeah. so good. She's so good. And then I found out, I didn't know Morrison actually gave her a secondary mutation because Colossus was off the board, right. but now she's a brawler. It also like makes, it made her so much more interesting. You get the fact that she also, up until then, and because I wasn't mature enough, I never really understood why she would even want to be at the school. And then when you establish like, the fact that she wants to raise kids, but also has had her kids taken from her, was given those children back, had a bad childhood, wants to be a good teacher, doesn't know if she should be a mother. So this is a space she feels okay in. Like she's so interesting in ways that like I haven't connected with Jean and I can do some reading. I But with Jean, I've just never died and come back to life. That's just something I haven't experienced, okay? <laughs> I've had a low bank account. That feels close. <laughs> I've overdraft, but you know, Jean has never. I, I Jean stands. I don't know where they come from or how they exist, but she seemingly has found. I actually really love her during this Krakoa run because I'm like you. I've never seen her 
as a character fully do anything but just keep dying and resurrecting using like ultimate powers to deus machina the situation away but she's finally like stepped up as a leader and i, I really do love that character right now but emma is pretty much impenetrable uh yeah. literally both from her <laughs> abilities and also just her character development and emma like always has moments like okay like you, you look at the story i wrote emma has had two of those moments both with karma and with rachel where she basically says and she did it with Bobby, too. I don't even know how I can forget. That was a line I wanted to put in the script yeah, where yeah. I basically wanted to say that uh, Emma Frost is taking over both of their bodies at one point because she's taking over Storm's body a long time ago and she took over Iceman's body. But, like, Emma loves training people. She's also, like, people will be like, oh, it's not that she's the most powerful telepath. It's just that she's the most skilled, which I think is such a cool distinction because it puts all, like, these haymakers to rest where it's like, no, nah, she's really, she's just very good. The last question, most underrated character in the X universe. Ooh, ooh, most underrated character. Who's, oh. who's your gremlin? What is everybody's got that one gremlin that they love? Oh, okay. I, okay, so I preached the gospel of anal slash anal thank before. You, thank you, thank you. So, oh, you'd be showing up to church every day for that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on Wednesday. So if I had to, if I had to pick someone that I really kind of want to see plucked and kind of brought to the front, it would be, ooh, okay. I want to see them use one of the babies a little bit more. And this is, and this is something that I don't, okay. So everyone hear me out. I want to see Leech come back okay i think okay so here's what i think i think that power negation as his power if it affects like everyone else then he's a good person to kind of have you need like a little kid leech and Artie were like super big at one point then they went away and then they would join the Fantastic Four. I think Leech, he was with X Factor for a bit, like a little, one of the babies. We need a younger person to kind of be, it happened with Sync. You know what I mean? Right. They've been doing a great job with him and what is it, Talon now? I feel yes. like, and I'm hoping that they'll have, like you were saying before too, Monet continues to find ways to never step up, even though I think she easily. Yeah, does. I mean, if if not Leech, I want it to be Monet. And here's why. She's Black. She's North African. She's also Superwoman. She's also, she also has telepathy. She can like change into her penance form. Like if you take the idea that a couple of people have had of her like being the perfect specimen as far as like peak mutation is like her power set. Like I love Monet. I mean, it it's, I didn't say Monet because she's in a book right now that yeah. I think is allowing her to be super important. Wow. Um, Archangel's back in a book that I'm happy for him. I did my Cerebro episode on uh, Archangel. And part of the reason why is because I think Louis Simonson like purposely gave him like trauma to make him more interesting. And that's like, when you do it with a person like that, who's never had anything bad happen to them, it really hits home. Like when it happens to someone whose shit's always happening to you, like, like when it happens to Scott, you're like this orphan <laughs> with a disability is going through more stuff. Okay. Right. But when the person whose power is that, Oh yeah, I'm hot. Like when that's <laughs> taken away from them, you're like, Oh, what you going to do? What are you going to do with that? What's going to happen? 
Um, Danny Moonstar, Mirage is gonna get a good all the people yeah. who I want, they're they get what they're they're kind of being focused on right now. Yeah. So I think that like I'm in good shape. But bring back Leech and Artie. Bring back Leech and Artie together. You had them weird little French twins. Bring back those. Right. Oh, they're so weird. They're so creepy. That's what I'm if you want to have two, you have two little kids that you can have be like now they're 12. Now they're <laughs> I don't know. And because uh with from a storytelling standpoint, not just focused on powers, to me, it was so beautiful that like one little boy who was mute and the other little boy who was homeless were both like taken in and kind of celebrated and like always at each other's side. And in a way that like friendship and friendship and intimacy was like super important to them. Like they really, when I think about kids being discriminated against, like those are the kids I get worried about. Yeah. So that's why I would want to see them. Cause they're just underrated parts of the story. Cause like, and not to make this too whatever, like, cool. You're a kid who can figure out that they're queer later on in life and you'll be fine. But a lot of these little kids are visibly and kind of like clockable from the beginning of school and there's nothing they can do about it and there's nothing they should have to do about it. So, and this is what gets me emotional about this. Artie had that happen to him because his dad saw him as this terrible abomination. And then Leech was already living on the streets, having to experience that. So, so it was just, and also can like erase other people's powers and their deformities, but not his own. So that was like beautiful to me that they became friends. Cause he, he just, both of them just saw them as a little kid. They didn't see, a, a little green monster and a little pink misshapen head monster. They just saw little kids. Glory hole participant and <laughs> Jay Jordan. He's got a heart of gold, y'all. He does. Oh, um, I love that, goodness. though. That is a very sweet answer. That's yes. a very authentic and very nice. Like, a really, really in a, a tough time. Making us, you're making us tear up a little, Jay. <laughs> Our little, like, hearts are growing. Oh, like, three okay. Times we'll get, we, can, we can get horny again. We don't have to be here. <laughs> Well, our, our time's coming to a close pretty soon, but you do, we've been talking a lot about X-Men, and we wanted to talk a little bit about your comedy career. You've got a tour coming up. Yes. Uh, please talk about that. I'm currently on tour. I was just in Chicago. I'll be in Grand Rapids. I'll be in Toronto. I'll be in Denver. I'll be in Houston. I'll be in Indianapolis. You can all, you can check out all of those dates and all those ticket links on my website, which is jjordan.com or any of my social media. My Instagram is just jjordan, just my name. So is Twitter. So you can get links to all those shows. I'm on tour the rest of the year. I'm, uh, I'll am i come to D.C. I was just in D.C., but I'll be back. I promise yeah, I will be back. Like, can I just say the Nicole Byers uh, podcast you recently did, you called out D.C., specifically and that was me i was i was like oh he's looking right at me when he's saying this because i was like oh jay was here and i missed it god damn i wanted to see him i wanted to see a stand-up live um i'm also like working because i like i like the hour i'm doing currently but because i talk about x-men so much people get so mad because i have an hour of material with no x-men jokes and so everyone's like well jay where is my X-Men joke? People brought the book. Well, I, did, I did Chicago shows this past weekend. People people brought Marvel's voices oh, for me to sign. And, on, and like my only regret is I was like, I probably should have put one 
X-Men joke in this hour. Uh, so now I'm working on putting a couple of those in. There so do some pre qualifiers just like at the beginning, be like, who likes X-Men? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> well, it's so funny because like a lot of queers are gonna be like, what? Like it's 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 such a the Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah, it's yep. becoming a much big I think it's especially now that even though the movies and cartoon shows were really like, drove a lot of the fandom, I think now with it even coming back into comics and getting so much more news coverage, their events, I feel like that's boosted as well. So, it, yeah, it, 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 it's in, entertainment tonight covers the Hellfire Gala outfits. Yes. In my wildest dreams. It's <laughs> fantastic. I love it so much. It's so good. Oh, uh, Russell Dalderman. I think of the new, yeah, of the yeah, Krakoan yeah. age, Russell Dalderman and Pepe Larraza, both of them, I have uh, never in my life so good just lost it over people's art like that. So I'm, both I'm artists as like the cost the costume designers. I mean, like Dave Cockrum was awesome. Jim Lee, I like some of his stuff, not all of his costume designs, even though he's a phenomenal artist. I think Russell Dowderman might be one of the best costume designers because like Storm's look on Araco with the leather jacket and the spikes and like, yes. like showing the belly and she's got the mohawk again. Oh, it's my favorite. She looks Him so made, he made Storm's first Hellfire outfit truly a storm cloud. He yes. oh, what? <laughs> God, it was so, so good. good. Um, and he and he loves history because he does the homage covers. That's 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 the wildest thing wonderful. about that. Those yeah. that feels like being at a Met Gala exhibit for the history of costuming through Marvel history. You because yeah. you get to go, oh my god! And he, oh, it's so good, so Those good, are gorgeous. They, it's it's when it's like a tree with such respect, which is why I think it like has that pop effect to it. Um, yeah. They're not wearing Age of Apocalypse outfits or shit from the 80s anymore. <laughs> Some nasty-ass home sewing outfits. You love the AOA outfits, Adam. You I mean, them. I love them, but they're fucking hideous. Like, no, what? I love them because I love a AOA. I don't love... I'm like, I'm willing to admit they're terrible. Designs. It's a dystopian future, Adam. What do you want people to be focused on? You want them to be wearing denim? <laughs> That's right. We need, we need better textiles in a dystopian future where mutants are being killed constantly. Amazing. Um, well, Jay, our time has come to an end. Thank you so much for being on. Is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, you know, I think you, you mentioned some handles already, but is there anything big that's top of mind for you that you want other folks to know about? Oh, no. Just come to a show. Come see live comedy. Read more comic books. Be nice to weird kids. That's it. That's all I want people to do. I love it. That's that's really words of wisdom that everyone should be living by. So I appreciate that. Um, for us, we're on Twitter at Homo Superior X, on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. If there are other great writers, artists, and all things nerd culturistas you'd like to hear us chat with, make sure to slide into our DMs um, and visit my feed finder. We've been Homo Superior. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again, Jay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.